Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sunday, visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Okay, let's go ahead and grab a seat and uh, we'll get started. Again, my name is Matt. I'm one of the leaders here. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, As you know, as a church, we are kind of journeying through uh, the Bible in a year, uh, reading it together in in private, but also on Sundays, kind of going through uh, an overview of the entire narrative arc of Scripture. And we just finished Genesis last week and We're going to head into kind of Exodus and beyond uh, next week. But before we do, uh, we wanted to take a break this Sunday. Uh, You know that uh, if you've been here for a while, you know that once every few months we like to just pause from whatever series we're in and uh, just take some time to have people from the community share stories of God's faithfulness. Uh, kind of how God has shown up in their story and helped write their story and all of that. And so uh, that's what we're going to do today. Uh, Adrian here is going to be uh, sharing kind of your from your story and experience. Uh, and so I'm going to say a quick prayer for him, and then I'll hand it over to you. Jesus, we uh, thank you for all of the ways that you uh, have sought after us, uh, approached us, come for us, um, paid the price, Uh, for us to be reconciled to you. Uh, And I thank you that uh, if we had time, we could share dozens and dozens of stories in this room uh, of the ways in which you've done that. But right now, I pray that you would fill Adrian, uh, that you would uh, empower him to speak out of his own experience uh, with honesty and clarity, uh, and that you would ultimately um, just touch us in this place uh, and stir our hearts for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Sound good? All right. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys beforehand. I'm bad. I'm bad with, like, getting to know people. Kelly knows. It's hard for me to talk to people if I don't know you guys because um, I have trust issues and I have problems of, like, allowing people in unless I have dealt with you on a base-to-base circumstance. So I'm Adrian, by the way, if you guys don't know me by now. Um, background. So my life, um, my mom is a, a drug addict when I was younger, and um, she, would, um, she would go in and out of county or prison. So she was barely in my life even when she was there. My father, I don't know who my father is, even to this day. Um, I'm a miracle baby because my mom did drugs so long. Even she didn't know she was pregnant with me. Um, so, like, I kind of had difficulties as a little kid. I couldn't retain knowledge. I fell in kindergarten and I cried because I couldn't know my numbers, squares, symbols, or anything, colors. So I kind of, like, taught myself how to learn, and it took years um, to finally, like, be able to comprehend simple knowledge that anybody can comprehend. Um, growing up in my family, I've never heard the word, I love you. It was scarce. So, um, I grew up in a violent family who thought loving each other was either fighting each other 
or name-calling or doing some vindictive thing to one another. Um, um, my grandma raised me. She's like my life. I want to tell you guys this because she's part of my story of my fall. Um, she's my life. She died. So like sometimes it's hard to get over and I don't talk about it. So I'm going to share with you guys because I have to open up. So that's something I don't talk about. Um, so uh, fast forward a little bit. I, went to, I was in foster care for a little bit because my family lost me and got me back. Um, fast forward. I was 12 years old. First time I seen a dead body. Um, 11-ish. First time I seen a, a dead person in the grass. I was 12 years old when I felt, first held my gun in New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans, by the way. So, like, I, heard, I held my first gun at 12. I was going to L.B. Landry Middle School. Um, I sold my first drug at 12 um, for, like, protection causes. And as a little black kid in a, in a ghetto or projects or lower suburb area to, like, survive. Because my family's poor, so I want stuff. I want Jordans. I want clothes. I want extra money. And as a little kid, older dude prives on you. Older 30-year-olds, they, they see the hunger in you, so they give you stuff to sell. And I, and I like, did that, but not as long. Cause I, my grandma lived like, kind of in the country, so it's hard to like, get out because like, I'm, I'm her baby. So like, she don't allow me to get out because I don't have no one to take care of me. And um, I have my sisters who are back there, my mom. Um, so we'll get to that later. So fast forward, Katrina happens, and um, I lose half, almost really, all of my stuff. I go to seven different high schools that, that year, my freshman year, have no credits. So now I have to like, make up when I moved up here. I meet Kelly, and he started to like, change my life, got me into like, track, got me to go to school, got me to be hungry for like, um, to learn and excel, and plus, I didn't want to be home with my sister. She gets, she gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so um, I go to college. Um, I succeed at Eastern. I get overwhelmed because it's a big college, so I leave, and I go to SEC, and I was attending there. Um, I have four beautiful little daughters, which I seen two yesterday. One's Jaden, my oldest, Nayla, my second, and Mani and Nelly who are with my ex-wife. Um, so we're going to go to where I failed now. So my grandma, um, so my grandma died 2013. In 2012, I took her daughter who was dying of cancer in New Orleans and brought her up here because she never had a life in New Orleans. So I wanted to show up with a life that I finally had of people telling me I love you, of Kelly and his family embracing me, of friends taking me in and finding comfort, and she never had a comfort in New Orleans. She's gonna die in like two months, and that's October. And I take, I bring her up here, and what's crazy is she didn't die until like May, May, June. So like bringing her up here, seeing like the beauty of God prolonged her life. And my, me and my grandma got in an argument. We didn't talk from 2012, October, all the way to basically when she died. So, like, you can feel my pain, especially when she's the woman who raised me. And um, um, so I didn't get to tell her I love, like, love her. I didn't get to tell her how much I care for, like, the last um, 11 months, and she died. Me and my mom, we used to do, um, I used to work, like, house projects and remodel houses. And my mom wanted to see her grandma before she died. And, like, 
I let, allowed her to go to New Orleans, and I didn't get to go to say bye to my grandma. I didn't get to talk to her. I didn't get to tell her I was sorry. I didn't get to tell her I love her. And it hurt me. It hurt me real bad. It made me hate my mama. It hate me, made me hate my family. It made me hate everyone. Because um, I'm like, how could you spend time with her? And I didn't. Um, and I should have started this off. I forgot to say this. Uh, in everybody's testimony, especially in mine, um, I look at God working our life as compassion, seeking, and power. Seeking is what he does our whole time coming to him. Compassion is what he does for us when we don't know him. Power is what happens when we embrace him. And so um, I hated my family and my mom. Already, we didn't have a relationship. She came back in my life when I was 18, so like, and I'm 22 at the time, so I really hated her. And um, um, so I, I got a call early, um, one morning saying my grandma died, and um, I cried. And everything flashed in my eyes for like the last 11 months of me never getting to tell I love her. Me, I feel like I abandoned her. I hated her because she was mad at me, and I was just broken, and she died. And I never like talked to God. I never cared for God. I never wanted God. I didn't need him. I barely even knew he exists because when you don't have knowledge of God, he becomes non-existence in your life at all, especially even if you don't hear him or see him being preached. Are you walking in a city and there's like violence, murder, just um, reckless behavior? How can you see the love of God in reckless behavior? How can you see a loving God when everything around you is madness and chaos? Kids are dying, people on drugs, family have been divided, poor people are struggling, hunger, just, it's like the last um, verse in Joshua, you know, people did what's right was in their own eyes because there was no king or there was no God. So, um, so my grandma died, and they tell me, and I, and I like never talked to God, I never really speak to him, and I went outside for the last like three days, just like depressed, from like 12 midnight to like four in the morning, I would just walk, and I would cry. And one day I looked up, and it was raining, and I was like, I was like, you do this to me on purpose. You give me suffering on purpose. You do this on purpose. You like, don't care. You allow things to just reappear over and over in different situations, but the same feeling. And like, how could you? Like, people talk about they love you. I see you on TV. I see all these miraculous things, and you don't even do nothing. Like, how dare you? How dare you make me suffer and everyone prosper? How dare you allow my cousins or sisters to like have a dad or somewhat knew my mom before I was born. Like how dare you like leave me alone. Like all, all I ever had was my grandma and barely my sisters. Like how dare you like put me always alone. Like you make me alone. You make me not want anyone. And now I don't know how to like want anyone or to be wanted by anything or whatever or even want someone. And so I cried and I told him, if you exist, you would like help me get to New Orleans to see my grandma Barry. It's crazy, it's like two days later I went to New Orleans. Like, <laughs> so like, I knew he exists, so I was like, oh snap. Like, <laughs> so I was on a plane, I was on a plane with my daughter, Imani, um, and like, I was like, dang. Yeah, like, uh, so I, <laughs> I didn't really praise him, but then like, right then and there, you have to be careful when you talk to God. Because right when you acknowledge him, he starts seeking. So right when you like, I don't care if you argue with him, I don't care if you try to compromise with him, I don't care if you speak to him in fear, when you first like acknowledge God, 
like words are powerful. So right when you say his name, even if it's in vain, he opens up, here I am, you know, allow me to start taking root in your, in your life. So now, like, I can do as I please. And so um, I get to New Orleans. You know, I do, like, the same thing everybody does at a funeral. I cry. I tell I'm sorry. And, and like, I take my pain and my baggage with me. I don't leave them. I take, it, I take another bag of bricks on my back, and I walk off with it. And I leave New Orleans still resenting everyone and everything. Um, then I get with some friends. I get all this big money. We go on a vacation trip and do, do stuff. And they plot in my head how much they love me. And all my life, I want people to love me and care for me. And um, they plot in my head how much they love me. And so what I do as a person who has been abandoned, who has never felt like true love, is you, you leech on it. You leech on it. Um, you grab it fast like a discount. Like you're like, oh, I want that so bad. So you just grab it. And uh, I took a hold of it and ran with it. And because of the result of that, I wind up getting in a, going to prison. I robbed the bank, and I wind up getting in uh, another charge of possession of a firearm. And so these friends who loved me so much were, were like not loving at all. Because no one loves you if they put you in a situation where ultimately you're, you are hurt. And, um, and as you're hurt, they're abandoning you. Like at least like if you're going to hurt me, deal with me in my hurt, don't abandon me. So Kelly comes in my life and he's um, like, I heard you in prison. I was like, yeah, I'm here. And he's talking to me, it's a glass. And, uh, um, and I never had a father figure or like any figure. I never had no one to ever look up to. I never had anyone to look up to or anyone to praise like, I want my life like that. Like I see people and I'm like, oh, oh no, like I don't want my life like that. So I don't have no one to look up like that. And um, Kelly's like my only inspiration and his dad and his whole family basically. And so uh, he tells me, something that no one has ever told me. And it's the first time I felt like uh, the love of my grandma all over again. And he tells me, I refuse to let them take you. I refuse to allow them to, you be lost in the system and you become someone else. And um, like you guys probably take that for granted every day, but someone like me who has never heard that, it's the, it's the world to me. Cause like, I never had a dad and he's like my dad. And so like, for someone to say that who doesn't even have blood, with me or not, like anything, um, it means a lot. And um, so we go on this whole journey of like um, finding God with me. And I, I had my wife, which I got married in county with, Nadia. And she, my mom, my sister, um, Mr. Walter was like, you got to find God. And so I'm like, I got to find God. Like, what do I need God for? And then in the back of my head, I felt someone slap me. It's like, you know what you need me for. I got you to New Orleans. I can get you further if you just allow me. So I was like, my sister was like, fast. I was like, okay, so I fast. So uh, I, fast, I told Jesus, I was like, look, if I fast for seven days and you allow me to have strength and whatever, because I live on a top tier and have to come up and down stairs all day. Um, if you allow me to have strength and everything, then um, I'll believe in you. You can have me. Like, it's whatever. Like, I don't, I don't even think this is going to happen. We're just throw this out here, so whatever. And so um, I stopped fasting. The first three days, I felt like I was dying. I was like, yo, I don't think when you fast like this, it don't happen like this. And my mom, my sisters, and, and Nadia comes and visit me. 
They're like, how are your fast going? I was like, I'm dying. It's like, you're dying? I was like, yeah, I haven't drank water or ate. It's like, fool, you got to drink water. I was like, I was wondering why I was like dying. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so, like, <laughs> and so, um, after that, my fast went good. I would, <laughs> I would, like, come downstairs and go upstairs. I was like, oh, this is easy. But, like, I didn't drink water like I was supposed to, like they wanted me to, because I was still scared of breaking my fast. So I would drink, like, a little, because in, in the county, you get little cups like this. So, like, I would just drink that one cup for the day. And, like, um, um, and, like, I was just having all this energy and walking around and running. But I'm going to say this. In the county I was in, I only get an hour out a day. And then on the weekends, we're locked down for 48 hours. So I would get out five hours a week. And I did that for 16 months. And, um, and part of that 16 months, I kind of went to the hole for, like, three weeks or something like that. And um, so after my fast ended, I was like, because the whole time after those three days, I was like, dang, I don't even feel like I'm fasting. And then like on the last day, right when it turned that, that second, I was hungry. I was famished. I was like tired. I felt so weak. I was like, dang, what happened? And I was like, oh, it's my fast is over. And right then and there, um, I don't know, I felt, I felt like I heard this sound. It was like uh, music. Uh, um, I don't know if my, it was me kind of being dazed or something, but I felt like I heard this music, and like um, uh, God didn't speak to me, but I broke down and crying because like right then and there I knew how much He exists, and right then and there, like we all don't feel sudden changes. Like till this day, like I don't really feel change, but that day I felt like a switch, like a, a, like a switch, like it just, a sudden like ultimate change. And right there I cried and I was breaking down and I was like, okay, I believe in you. Like you are like my everything. You've been here with me when no one else was. When I was alone, you had compassion on me. I had a friend who got shot when I was going to Landry and um, he was next to me. The bullet hit him, killed him and like I survived. Um, and this was like um, my cousin's um, friend, um, Boogie. He got murdered coming from a football game. We're taking a picture together. And so, like, God always had compassion on me when I didn't know him. Like, being lonely in the streets, walking around, sneaking out of off my grandma's property, um, being in situations, especially in, like, Elgis Point or in the cutoff, which is, like, one of the most murderous places in New Orleans, never getting harmed or anything. Um, pulling me from people who, like, try to get me to sell dope at a young age and, um, Pulled me from my Uncle Daryl, who, like, just wanted me and his son to, like, always hate each other or, like, want us to come with him when he sells dope or, what, or whatever. So God always had compassion on me, and he started searching for me once I told him, send me to my grandma. Um, now God's power in my life, once I, like, accepted him, how his power overwhelmed me. When I cried and I broke down, I became very zealous. I read, um, I read a part in one of Paul's letters when he said... Um, the Ephesians, like, searched the Bible daily, looking for answers and proving things. And I became like that. I became zealous to, like, know God in the most deepest manner. God separates us for holiness. So when he separates you, he doesn't separate you to be lonely. I always thought I was lonely, but he was actually trying to separate me to be holy for his use. So he does that for each and one of us. He separates us. So whenever you feel lonely, you're not, because God is there. 
And he's only separating you because there's a task at hand for you to do. And you can use that for Jesus. Jesus didn't start doing his ministry until he was 30. So if you can imagine before that time what he was doing. God was just preparing him, separating him. And so um, I became very zealous. I started not interacting with people unless people like God pushed them to me. Because I always prayed, because I don't know how to talk to people, so I prayed to God, like, send me someone to help. And so he would. And like I would do Bible studies. I would read the Bible all day. I would talk to God. Kelly would come visit me. And like everything's going good since I accepted God. Like, oh, like God is good. He's making life good. I don't, my case is horrible. I'm like looking at 135 years though, but um, I'm like, whatever. God is like here with me. So like I have someone who cares finally. And um, Walter's talking to me. We're talking Bible. Um, I have this pastor, Dave, um, Russ, Russ Davis. He's coming to visit me. Me and Nadia are doing good. Me and my mom, we're working our relationship out. Um, she's, starting, she's starting to learn how to be a mom, and I'm starting to learn to be a son. And, um, but I'm still holding baggages. I haven't really let go of nothing. And um, me and Nadia get married, so we're going to fast forward through all like the 15 months, well, 14 months, where I um, fell in love with God. Every day I'm reading the Bible. Every day I'm like trying to figure the Bible out, praying to God. I'm having talks with God. Like, I don't, I don't read the Bible to where I'm like trying to learn something. I'm reading the Bible looking for words when God is speaking to me. Like right when I mark down, I read something and it's like God saying, walk this way. If I see something say, walk this way, I write that down because I think he just like really spoke that. So I'm reading to know his character. Because once you know God in and out, then nothing or any situation can ever challenge his love for you or who he is. That's why sometimes he emphasizes on it, saying that God is slow to anger. He's compassionate, loving, you know. So he wants you guys to know that over and over because through hardest times that comes our way, we blame God. We feel like we're not doing something right. We feel like we're not doing something right. We blame God. Um, we want to look at ourselves in the mirror and then go soaring on with negativity when it's not. Um, you can use the book of um, um, Job when he says that because in Job, you know, it's the devil that goes to um, God and tells him he only loves you because you do right in his life. So he tells him, go do what you want to do with him, but just don't hurt him. And he's faithful to me. So that's what, that's what happens in our life. The devil comes and tests you. When you want to follow Jesus, like, you got to understand the devil's going to test you. It's not God, but God is faithful to lead you out of any temptation that everyone else has the same temptation. And so um, everything's going good. And then March comes. And it's like within one week, I didn't get the deal I wanted. Um, I was supposed to get furloughed out for a period of time before I had to go to prison. I didn't get that. And then my wife cheated on me and left me. So now, like, it's the fall. Now it's the devil time. Like, he went to God and told him, he only loves you because you give him so much love and you help him out. Like, let me, like, show you how, like, accused he is. Like, he doesn't really love you. It's just fake. So the devil comes and tries you. So he comes and tries me. And he took, like, the one woman I really love away. Uh, he took, like, more life from me. Um, and he also took time to like spend time with my daughter who was born. Um, so like, I was like, and that time I could have fell. I could have been like, God, like you're doing this to me again and all this and that. But I didn't because during those um, 14 months, I fell in love with God. I like learned who God was. Not, not through the, I didn't necessarily learn as I read the stories of people's life because I don't want to know what people did. I want to know what God did in their lives as he interacted with them. 
And like, as I read that, I read as though like I'm looking at the point of view of the person who's in the story, looking at God, like, God, I fell. What are you going to do in my life? And like, he just, com- he just stayed the same. He never like convicted them. He, he, he never like abandoned them. He never left them. He stayed faithful, true. He always like, like my most, one of my most favorite stories is like the prodigal son. Like God can like hate you so much and he's righteous and just, he can't change, but he has compassion. He sees you coming and he runs and jumps on your neck and kisses you and want to put everything on you. He wants to be like, my son, like, this is what I wanted to have for you. This is what I've been wanting. And like, like, even Jesus says it in like um, Proverbs 8, like he was God's delight. So like, we are God's delight too, because if we're in Christ, then we share everything he has. So if he's God's delight, so are we. So like, all that started happening, and I just stayed strong. Like I, of course, like I was upset, cried when she left me, but I wasn't like truly hurt because like I gave God like all of me. So like none of me could like feel that hurt, but I'm human, so I cry. And so it made me stronger with God. I didn't yell and say, oh, this is your fault. I actually like pulled my hands out like a child and was like, Lord, take me. Pick me up in your bosom, put me under your wing, like, like I'm hurt. Um, I'm like a bird. I didn't injure my wing. I can't fly. Take me in your nest and nurture me more because maybe there's more to learn. Maybe there's more to do. Maybe there's another task for me that you want me to go through. Maybe, as Paul says, though are my infirmities, like, you know, it's joy. I count all that. If I can count anything, I count the suffering or like um, um, Peter and those guys. In the end of Acts, when like they were so happy that they got stripes whipped for Jesus, like maybe Lord, you want to show me your your power, your name through your through my suffering, because you show me your love and everything through your compassion, because God has mercy and compassion on who He wants. And so um, I go to prison, and so I spend more time in. Um, I go through another case, and I spend more time with God. I keep building with Him. I keep asking Him questions. I keep talking to Him. And then um, I go, um, they messed up my um, sentence, and it took, and I was supposed to go to medium, but they sent me to close custody with lifers. And so I went to close custody with lifers for a moment. And people who tell you what to do, you have to work out, you can't wear slippers around, you have to follow every rule. Who, who guides your car in prison? Car is divided racially and nationally. So I'm in a black Southern car. Um, but during that time, um, there's riots, people getting stabbed. Um, uh, things are going wrong, like the devil's like tugging me. Um, there's drugs going through everything. But he still like separated me for holiness. He uh, still gave me a Bible to read, still gave me the passion to learn him. Gave me a celly who went and pushed me, but allowed me to be to myself for God. Um, I would go to the yard and there would be fights and I would walk the edges um, speaking to God and talking to him and um, trying to learn his way and, um, and it was an easy way to turn away but like um, when you start doing right for God he even makes everything favorable for you like um, once you become favored by God you become favored by man so all my situations were favored to where I can learn him and keep moving because even in John 6, um, Jesus stated that God would teach them of him by him.
So God was teaching me him by him and never allow anything to fear. And um, Walter would come see me, my mom see me once. We're building our relationship. And Kelly would get in trouble a lot. So like, he would get in trouble at visits because he wouldn't know how to sit down or stop talking to people next to him. And so like, he was getting me in trouble. And so, and so um, God blessed me by allowing me to go to Airway Heights, which is right here. And he allowed me to go to camp. So I jumped medium and went to camp. And that's when I took off with God. That's when I really took off with God. I started going to church. And Kelly would come visit me and my mom would visit me. And that's when our relationship took off and my sisters. And I would tell Kelly all the time I would be depressed. I was like, I have no one to have dialogue with when I'm like reading a Bible. I want a group, study group and I want a church family. And it was like, you know, some people would be praying for like, I want to get out or this and that. But I was like praying for like a, a church family, a study group. I was like, I want people to help me be accountable. I want people to help me um, know how it feels to be truly loved by someone, because only love I truly know is like God's love, and it's so overwhelming that I can't notice everyone's love. No one, no person around me like inter interferes with the love of God. Like nothing can separate from me. Like it's true. Like nothing can separate you from the love of God. The only thing that can feel like it's separating you is your choice, because you can choose the to believe it, or you can choose not to believe it. Um, God isn't forceful, but he's going to give you the chance to like take your choice. And when you take your choice, it's like first songs. Like read first songs, and he tells you right there, like, if you follow me, like, I will love you. I will show you the right path. You would be like a tree near a water bank. Even your leaves wouldn't like fall off. And so, and then he tells me, if you're going to take this bad path, like, I'm righteous, so I'm going to punish you. But I'm going to punish you out of love, and I'm going to find a way for you to come back, even if it's on your, 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 when you're about to die. And so, um, um, so that whole time in Airway, I would walk and talk to God. I would walk with him every morning before work, on the weekends. Then I would work out, talking to him. We'd have a conversation. i talk to God like i talk to anybody else. We'd be sitting there talking, and he'd, like, i feel this breeze. He's like, go talk to that person. He's having a hard day. And I'm like, God, I'm not doing that. He's like, you're going to. I'm like, no, I'm not. And, like, <laughs> and then, like, he puts it on my heart heavy. He makes me feel his sympathy. And, like, when I feel it, it's overwhelming. I'm like, okay. Like, the other day, my sister had to, like, because I'm, I'm in work release right now in the halfway house from prison. I barely just got out, so they put me there. And my, me and my sister was catching a bus, and this lady was at, like, the bus stop, and she was, like, kind of high, and she was going through it, and God did it to me. It's like, talk to her. I was like, you gotta make me. And he was like, <laughs> and he like, he put it on my heart and gave me sympathy. And like the whole day, I was giving people money. I was like, I was like, huh? Here you go, ten dollars. Oh, you want twenty dollars? And then I was talking to her. So like, I was like, like he forces, like he pushes me. Like sometimes God has to push you, because sometimes you become like Jonah. Sometimes you see what God wants you to do and you run from it. So he puts you in a position where he has to push you a little bit. Sometimes God isn't forceful but he'll push you to help you. It's just like how you have an infant, and he has to get up and walk, and, or her, and you have to push a little bit. So it's the same thing with God. And so um, during that whole time of airway I built with God, I told Walter, like, I want a group. And he tells me, oh, I just went to this new church, and uh, I got to get a group. And I was like, okay, I'll pray for you. Another day we're in group, and we're talking about it. It was like, look, you got a group, and I got a group. So like, and I got a church family and a big church. And um, um and so, um, God even, like, he don't try you, but he puts you in positions when you ask for him. 
I ask God, like, make me know that this is sincere. So when I go out into the real world, that I would, like, cling on to him. That I won't, this just won't be for this moment, like, because you're so nice to me. Even when I'm suffering, like, you're, like, I'm dedicated to you. Like, I never, I never take God's name in vain because I know how much I love him. And even if I have everything in the world, I don't forget him because John um, 15.5 is my favorite verse. Like, without, like, Jesus is the vine, I'm the branch. Just as, like, the branch could do nothing without the vine. I can't do nothing without Jesus. He's, like, connected to every fiber, like, <laughs> like Matt said. So sometimes I feel like if I don't have him, um, I feel like dying. Like, I felt like the day when I was fasting those three days, that's how I would feel. If I don't have Jesus, I feel like I'm just fading, I'm dying. And so, um, so you know, and so one, one day I got into Islam, and Walter's like mad. He's like, oh, God. And so I'm like, I'm only learning it. Like, I'm not taking it. I even tried Buddhism. And it's like, I want to know if God, if this is real. And so um, as I'm learning through that, I see how God uses certain religions to bring people to him. Um, I see how God, because like, I, I just read this today. I kind of was trying to write it down. It's 1 Corinthians um, chapter 9, um, 18 to 23, when Paul says like, he becomes weak to get the weak. He becomes, you know, Jew to be, get the Jew and Gentile to get to Gentile. I used to say another word when I say Gentile until Walters taught me. So like, <laughs> it's so like, um, so like I learned Islam just to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to question it. I want to know. So like, as I learned that, I seen how God loves us and I see their discipline, but I also see they man, they man-made situations. And um, it made me cling more to God. It, it made me um, actually see God in a way of fasting. When I do Ramadan, it made me see how I should give everything up for God. Um, sometimes it's good to fast. Even Jesus said to like some of the other like um, disciples, and when they ask, why don't your disciple fast? He tells them they can't fast while the bridegroom is here. But when the bridegroom leaves, then you know, fasting starts. So like he has left, so sometimes it's good to fast, even for a day or two. And fasting don't have to be like food or whatever. It can be like anything that you become slave to, social media, um, just, just anything. Like Matt said, taking Sunday out just to like praise God. Like that's a day of fasting, basically. Even if you're not giving up food, you're giving up other things and saying, God, I'm gonna give you me and I'm gonna take everything else away. And so I like learned that from Islam and then from Buddhism, I learned that like um, the love of God creations, the love of the environment, um, the love of every person. So that's what I learned from that. I would pick up a flower and look at it and like look at the sky and look at the clouds and like um, praise God for everything we have because we forget the allness of God and everything we have um, in every mountain and every like cloud, sky, star, moon, vast universe, different galaxies. We forget the allness of him. So I learned that from that. And so it just, everything just, he just kept building in me. So um, now I'm like free halfway and like it's okay. Like I learned a lot and I've been coping because I'm institutionalized. So like Walter's like glares at me when he wants me to do something. He's like, do it. And like, and like when I want to, when he says get up and meet somebody, it's like traumatizing to me. I'm like, oh, I got to like say hi to somebody. And I was like, okay, two, I got to meet two people today. I'm like, yeah, I met two people, that was good. 
So uh, <laughs> so like he, he gets on me because uh, he's my he's like he's my dad now. So he's my only dad I ever knew. And um, so like so now we're gonna I'm gonna tell you how God has changed me through all this. So I hated my mom. I love that woman dearly now. She's like the love of my life, and she means everything to me. Um, I hated my family. I don't hate them. Um, through Jesus' life, he teaches me how to love, and he taught me how to love people by the way he loved the religious leaders. He never really convicted them, but he actually tried to like, teach them. When they tried to convict a woman from, for adultery, he didn't convict them. He just said, whoever you know, hasn't sinned, throw the stone. Throw the stone. And no one threw it because he was trying to teach them before that day because, you know, um, um, many would be called, but few would be chosen. And, you know, so, like, he just wants them to know, like, you have to make your choice now. He doesn't want to convict them or push them away. So it teaches me how to love people. It teaches me how to not allow people who shouldn't be in my life in my life. But it teaches me not to condemn them or push them away. It teaches me to pray for them, pray for my enemies, pray for people who don't understand, pray for people who are worshiping God and don't even know they're worshiping God. Um, it teaches me to, like, surround myself with the right people as, like, um, he surrounded himself with his disciples, and then he has one who been, was a traitor. So in his story of the traitor with Judas, he also teaches me, be careful of who you choose in your circle. No matter how much you love them, how much you care for them, if it's friends or family, that, like, when people don't have true intentions for you, you have to, like, really, like, analyze that. Because are you willing to destroy yourself for them? Or are you willing to like save yourself and them for God? And um, so, you know, it ta he taught me how to love people. Um, I still haven't got over my grandma, so you saw me get emotional. It's something I deal with every day, and God is strong and faithful. So like, like I, don't, I don't think he would allow me to carry this for the rest of my life, but at some point, I would get over it. Um, uh, I used to pray, say like my daughters, I'm not gonna see my daughters, I had to see both of them yesterday. And I'm getting my other two. Um, I used to be very confident outgoing. I'm very shy now. And, like, I can't talk to people. And I get overwhelmed in Walmart in a deodorant now. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, I have a love for people that I don't understand. Like, um, even for people um, who no one else would talk to. Um, no one else would care to touch or anything. I have a big heart for them. Even somebody who's like mean to me, I have a big heart for them because, you know, we all do what we think is right in our own lives because some of us are still, like, doing things what we think are right because we have no king or God in our life. So you can't be upset with them. And Jesus even tells you when he dies on the cross, like, Father, forgive them um, for they do not know what they do. Even Stephen says it when they're stoning him. Um, so, like, you can't get mad at him. You just have to pray for them and Kindness goes a long way, no matter how hard it is for you, because it's, it's real hard to be kind to someone who's like yelling at you or saying crazy things. You have to hold your tongue and be like, "Okay, like you're okay. Jesus loves both of us. Like, calm down." So, like, it's so. Uh, so yeah, um, people always ask me like, like, how come you love God so much? Because I finally know that how much He loved us, and He loves us so dearly to where like. No matter what circumstances, what things you go through, who you are, um, what national class situation you're in, God loves you dearly. And like he just wants you to know how much he cares for you. 
and he wants you to know how much he loves you and that like you need to like appreciate that more than learning any word in the bible to like look at other people who like are so religious and like oh he knows the bible better than me or i need to read the bible more like that matters with god but what matters most with him is his relationship with you he wants you to know how much he loves you he wants you to know that he would never change he wants to know just like with what these guys said um in Genesis, um, that when Moses fell asleep, the guy walked through the fire twice because he knows us. He knows, he knows our weakness. He knows everything about us. So he's willing to take on everything for us. He wants you to know he won't change no matter how much you would change, and he will be faithful. And if you ask him for something in your life, he's going to do it. But he's going to do it in a way that pleases him for his pleasure and that you would never have to pray for it again. And that once he comes into your heart, it's hard to get him out and... He would never leave you no, many, no, no matter what circumstances, no matter how many times you yell at him. Because even Jacob wrestled with God, and he told him, you have prevailed, you wrestle with man and God. And, and Abraham went to God and told him that, like, would you kill a righteous man, 40 righteous men with sinners? And like some, God knows our hearts, so he knows we're going to argue with him. He knows our compassion. He knows anything we have come to because he have came here in the flesh. So no matter what you do with God, like he's always going to be there in your life. So like you just have to take it in mind that like your journey is a long journey. And once God gets a hold of you, it's like it's breathless and it's changing. And you look in the mirror every day and you tell yourself, I don't even know you no more. So like that's how I feel every day. And like, and, like I'm, going, I'm going in and out and, um, you know, um, Oh, I forgot to tell you guys about this book. I just looked at my notes. There's this book when I was going to SEC, and Kelly was like, um, you have to read this purpose-driven um, life book. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And he gives it to me. I throw it in my bag, and I never read it. I was in county, and I seen that book, and I looked at Walters. When I went to visit, I was like, yo, that book is like hunting me or something. Like, 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 and so like... Um, I like read it and I was like, wow, I should have read that a long time ago. But like, um, God knows when you're ready. Um, you don't know when you're ready, but God knows. So Kelly, he uses people in our lives to open situations for us. It can either be for that moment or a preview for another moment. And so that was a preview and I got to read that book and I read it probably like, 40 times or something. I read that book a lot because I go through like trying times and I have to renew my faith with God every day like everyone else. Every single day I wake up, I have to renew my faith because every day is another day to question God. So like you have to renew it every day. So, oh, that's my story, guys. So. Adrian, thanks so much for sharing. Would you pray for us? Uh, and we'll, the worship team, go ahead and come back up, and why don't you pray for us, and we'll, we'll close up. Okay. Um, Father, we all come before you with hopes and dreams, with fear and insecurities. We come to you with failures and doubts and questions and wonders. And we know that you say you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and nothing in the past or present or future can, like, separate us from the love of you, which is in Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I just pray that, like, you come in our most vulnerable time and take us whole. You take our hand. You tell, you tell us that 
when we're cast down to the ground, you hold our hands so that way we don't hit the ground. You pick us up. Lord, when we can't walk, drag us. When we can't speak, speak for us, Lord. When we don't have a backbone, Jesus, you say your yoke is like lightly, not heavy burden. Like cast that upon us, strap us to you, and help us push on to the next day. Because sometimes the world can be overbearing. And sometimes, just as Jesus tells his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be tried, beaten, and murdered. And Peter grabs him and says, not so, Lord. And he tells him, get behind us because you don't care if the Father wants. Sometimes the most people that love us is the ones that hurt us the most. So, like, care for our hearts, Lord. Have us not allow people to be so put on a pedestal in front of us. Never allow us to give someone more to hurt us, Lord. Let us give it all to you. For we know one thing and one thing only, Lord. You will never hurt us. You care for us. You love us. We depend on you. We need you. Lord, you don't need us, and you don't have to do none of this. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to give us redemption. You don't have to die on the cross for us. You don't have to do none of that, but you chose to. You chose to because you loved us. You cried for us when you saw Jerusalem. You cried for us so dearly and said, Oh, Jerusalem, I weep for you, for you don't even know what's to come. So, Lord, we know how much you care for us. And allow us to know your character more, like not to allow us not to know who you are, Lord. Like, I understand we have the Bible and the Word, but allow us to know who you are in our lives. Allow us to... Not necessarily pray with you every day, but allow us to talk to you every day. Allow us to put you in every decision. Allow us to put you in every uncertainty. Allow us to put you in our joy. Allow us to put you in our happiness. Allow us to put you in every circumstance in our lives. Allow us to know that the devil has no power over us, only the power we give him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thanks, Adrian. Let's give it up for him one more time. Thanks for